Truth is, I'm really excited about right now in the world of work. You might be thinking, what? Things are wild in this still ongoing global pandemic, political upheaval, changing economy time that we're in. But from the way I see it, we are at a point in time in history that's unprecedented. The world of work has changed forever, and we have an opportunity to make it good for people once and for all. Let's get into it. In a world where workplaces are sometimes toxic for people and humanity has been squeezed out by outdated rules, how do leaders who care create enlivened workplace cultures? This show has the answers. On Let's Make Work Human, we discuss how organizations can meet their mission and make a profit without squeezing the life out of people. The path to how lies in unbreakable connections, clear purpose, and real partnerships that debunk and demolish old mindsets about the world of work. I'm Mo Carrick, and I'm a beekeeper, mother of adults, CEO, culture expert, award-winning entrepreneur, and best-selling author, and I'm joined on this show by my colleague and friend, awesome coach, mother of a toddler, award-winning creative, DEI facilitator, and millennial, May Rats. Together, we tackle teams that gossip, leaders who are bad for people, partnering while working, belonging, and so much more with an irreverent and honest look at what it takes to make every workplace fit for the human beings who work there. We're on a mission to stop the suck and restore humanity to work. This show will warm your heart, challenge your thinking, and leave you laughing out loud. Hello there, and welcome to the podcast. Today, I want to do something a little bit different. This is not an interview, and it's not even a conversation with my incredible co-host, May Rats. Today, it's just me, Mo Carrick, waxing on about something that I feel is important. See, I just got back from sabbatical, and I met people all along the way of my travels who work. And that's kind of how it goes, right? We travel, we interact in our day-to-day lives, and we meet people at work who talk about their jobs. And here's what I'm sitting with that I know in my bones is true And I think I have known that this is true for many, many years as evidenced by my writing and thinking, my two books on the topic, what I speak with clients about, but it's really surfaced for me as I've returned from my sabbatical in Scotland. Here's what it is. How we work has changed forever. And if we're not willing to look at that fact straight in the face, then we're going to miss the chance to finally and at last create workplaces globally that actually are good for people. See, I have what I think is somewhat of an unpopular opinion. I believe that it's not Generation Z and millennials that are driving the massive call to action for changes in how we work. And I also believe that it's not COVID-19 that has bred job dissatisfaction, disengagement, and demoralization. Here's the thing. Human beings have been miserable at work for a long, long time. The best I can make of it is that we thought it had to be that way. I mean, in a capitalist society, since the end of the agrarian economies globally and the start of the Industrial Revolution, we've been working in exchange for money to meet our basic needs. And for as long as our collective consciousness can really remember, we've made hard trade-offs in order to support ourselves and our families, no matter what it costs us. We've sacrificed physical health and safety, mental well-being, relationships that matter to us 
community, pleasure, rest, and so much more. We have actually in recent decades, and certainly in my lifetime, been willing to sacrifice it all on the altar of work. Now, you know, don't get me wrong. I know that there have been efforts over the centuries globally and here in the USA to create conditions at work that at a minimum reduce the harm that people are exposed to by coming to work. We can look back to the labor rights efforts by unions in the mid-1700s. We can look at human resources burgeoning as an industry in the early 1900s, the National Labor Relations Act, which came out here in the U.S. in 1935, the 1970s emphasis on industrial relationships, trying to improve the relationships between the workers and the managers of companies. But truth is that in the 1970s, 80s, 90s, and the 2000s, we, especially here in the U.S., but perhaps globally, have worshipped models of organizational culture and leadership that have revered results, efficiency, and innovation above all else. Think of the iconic, you know, Jack Welsh and Lee Iacocca models, or maybe our more recent leadership icons in big tech that idolize the singular geniusy focus of leaders like Steve Jobs or Elon Musk. These largely white and male icons represent mostly big or mega companies, and their legacy persists, even though most of us work for smaller organizations or a variety of sectors, from nonprofit to education, from healthcare to government, from small business to medium-sized private companies. And I really believe that we have been retelling the stories of these kinds of leaders and cultures too many times resulting in us persistently looking up to the wrong things, including profit as our only North Star, human beings as machines. The idea that good leaders have to be bigger than life heroes, rugged individualism instead of team and community priorities for the common good, rationality always eclipsing emotion, and so much more. Truth is, the last many years of sacrificing the quality of our very human lives for the myths of the mega company has resulted in employees being stressed out, burned out, and bummed out long before COVID ever hit us. But whammo, the global pandemic did hit us, and we got smack on the side of the head to say, whoa, work is not working. Why? Because it often deadens the people who work there. We see it happening everywhere right now in education, healthcare workers, and childcare workers fleeing from those jobs. We see it in young people anxiously searching for career paths and jobs that hold purpose that they can believe in. And we see people everywhere recentering and refocusing at last on what matters in their lives as best they can, even though we all need to work for the money. We've seen a global uptick of mental health awareness and the capacity to name it as a concern, looking straight into the face of behaviors that haven't facilitated people being able to bring their best at work. Everything has had to change in the last three years. Non-essential workers went home and worked alongside their families and their pets in ways that challenged our most fundamental notions of where we work, how we work, and who we work with. In 2021, as you've heard, 14 million people left the workforce during the Great Resignation, not due to COVID-19, but due to their decision to escape toxic culture at work. Toxic culture, based on the SULS study in the Sloan MIT Management Review, refers to cultures that do not value or practice diversity and inclusion, that make unethical decisions, that practice disrespectful behaviors towards people, and that have no or broken 
trust. And amidst the worst mental health epidemic that we've seen in my lifetime, workers everywhere have said no. From where I sit, it's about damn time. So now, amidst what some are calling quiet quitting, Generation Z and millennials are drawing clear boundaries about what they will and will not sacrifice of their own well-being for work. So what can we take from this? I believe we have the opportunity to finally redesign the currencies of healthy work once and for all. And for me, this work starts with building people leaders who are good for people. These kinds of leaders are skilled at knowing how they feel and can respond to how others feel with empathy and compassion. Leaders like this are good at building teams so that rugged individualism and heroic effort is not rewarded, but instead we build value in the collective for the common good. These kinds of leaders build structures, protocols, and processes that work for everyone so that they can win, but not at the expense of the well-being of the people who work there. And here's what I say to that. Bring it. Bring it on. Let's not forget what the COVID-19 transformation of the workplace has allowed us to see in the mirror. Let's look it in the face. What have we learned about what it means for workplaces in every sector to be good for people? And let's start redesigning them from the ground up. I'm worried that if we don't see this as the sea change for transformation for workplaces forever, we're going to miss the moment of pain that gives us the chance to do it better. If you agree, send me a note at mo at mocarrick.com. I would love to hear from you about what you think we should be doing, whether we're a people leader or an employee at any level, to tap into this moment together to make workplaces in every sector that are good for people once and for all. Now, if you follow me and you listen to my podcast and you read kind of what I say out there in the world, you know that I've been saying this for years. I wrote about it in my first book in 2017 with Cami Dunaway called Fit Matters, How to Love Your Job. I expanded on those ideas in my 2019 bestseller, Brave Space Workplace, Making Your Company Fit for Human Life. And I'm not a famous thought leader like Brene Brown or Adam Grant or Simon Sinek or Amy Ebenson or Jeffrey Pfeffer, but I am grateful for the work of those people what they've done, and what they continue to do to advance our understanding of what's real right now in the world of work. From where I sit, it is all hands on deck for us to find the new practices that activate and enliven the people who come to work in our organizations so that they can bring their best every day. When we do that, everybody wins. The employees feel satisfied, enlivened, seen, and valued, and they're motivated to bring their best. The organization is able to make a profit and meet their mission. The family does better because employees are mentally and physically well, which helps them be engaged in their communities, which adds up to global strength to deal with many social issues and political issues that we face today. So I don't want to miss this moment to reinvent work forever. And I want to know what you think about how we do it. Thanks for listening.